igniting, inspiring, and evoking the fire within. You know, don't just think about making money because it was never about just making money. You know, uh, it was about making a difference. It is nothing about wins or losses. It was about those three things. And if you do those three things, winning and losing is always going to take care of itself. Give me a reason. In our way, give me a reason why I should stay. You got to believe in when you feel sweaty. Give me a reason why I should stay, should stay. You're listening to the What's Your Inspiration podcast with Fox Buyer. Hello and welcome to episode 61 of the What's Your Inspiration podcast. Today, I promise, uh, a longtime friend on, he's been a, a colleague and a friend for many, many years, going back to the year 2005. He is a colleague at Whippity Park High School, and again, a good friend who has been teaching and coaching high school sports for over 20 years. He is Brad Callahan. Brad, how are you today? Well, after that introduction, I feel pretty good, Foxy. Feeling pretty good. Do you, do you feel regal? <laughs> when I'm around you, I always feel pretty good, bud. You're a, you've been a great friend. Uh, you're always someone I look up to and who's always been there for me. So um, nothing but love for you, buddy. Appreciate it. I, I might be a half inch taller than you. I'm not sure. You mentioned looking up to me, but... Uh... <laughs> Uh, I think only in, I think only in stature. I think it goes the other way. You you you've uh, you've certainly been been a mentor for me and someone that I've wanted to have on here for for quite some time, uh, from a, a friend perspective and a teaching and coaching perspective as well. So you have a lot to offer our listeners today. What do you think? I appreciate that? That. Yeah, I appreciate that a lot, man. Hopefully, we have a lot of people listening, Foxy. We, we, we will. We'll get this out in, into the, the airwaves, and I think we're going to get a lot of bites. A lot of bites. <laughs> you know, I don't know this, this for a fact, but 1996, was that your first year at Whippany Park? I was my first year coaching. First year coaching. Yeah, so I started teaching the fall of 98. Okay, the, the, the but I was coaching the park swim team while I was going back to school at Montclair State. Uh, the, the hours actually were at, uh, it was at Morristown Baird School, and it was the pool time was from 9 to 10 o'clock at night, right? So uh, I took classes during the day, and I was able to coach the park swim team at night, and I was doing that the first year was 1996. And it was pretty funny because um, I think about that now, and I used to visit after practice. I would drive to Whitney, that's where Joel was, uh, and I would go by our house at night. We'd watch like Seinfeld or whatever was on. And I wouldn't get home till like 11, 30, 12 o'clock at night. And I think about that now, <laughs> dude, I couldn't, I'm in bed at like 9.15, 9.30, you know? I, to, to think about how much your life can change and as you get older, it's crazy. Uh, when I look back on the beginning of my career and, um, you know, I was coming from sales too. I don't know if you knew that. That's no, I didn't know that. Yeah. So. My whole story of how I became a teacher is pretty, it's, it's pretty, uh, 
it's a well-traveled road and that's something I share with my students every year. Uh, I, I like them to hear the story because uh, if you don't mind me talking, I'll, I'll, hit, hit, hit us with it. Yes. It's, uh, you know, it's one of those things where kids, especially uh, my sophomore group, where they need to start thinking about, you know, they feel the pressure of college and uh, even the seniors about what, you know, they want to major in and stuff like that. And I, I have to be honest, when I was that age, I had no clue. Uh, I was just going through kind of the motions and um, I did enjoy art. So I was actually an art major at, at Rowan when I went there and I wanted to try graphic design, you know, so uh, in order to do that, you had to take all these fine art classes. So I was swimming uh, for Rowan at the time too. So I was like the only athlete in, in all the classes, you know, and swimming took up a lot of time. And uh, here I am taking all these fine art classes, drawing one and two and painting one and two. And it was my drawing two class where my professor came up to me and I'm sketching, you know, these models would come in. You know, you think about they, they hire these people and they, that's legit. Like these people would model for us. Uh, and, you know, I'm charcoaling on a thing and my teacher came up to me and she's like, Bradley? She always called me Bradley for some reason. <laughs> And I always be like, it's Brad. Bradley, you have a decision to make, art or athletics. And I sat there and I'm like sketching this thing out. And I'm like, you know what? She's right. And I just remember dropping my charcoal and then I just left. Um, but even then I switched over to communication liberal arts because I, I liked some of the mass media classes that I took. Uh, and I graduated with a uh, degree in... Um, communication, liberal arts, and a minor in ad design, right? So what do you do with that, obviously? So I ended up in the sales for a printing company called Curtis 1000, which was a top 20 printing company in the United States. And I had a territory near Rutgers, central Jersey. So I was living uh, with my buddies in Indian Lake on this lake house. And I would drive down, do cold calling, and uh, try to talk to the person in charge of purchasing, right? And that's your ticket in. And you sit across from these people and I was sitting there and this happened, you know, uh, multiple times because I guess they saw this new person right out of college, this young guy, you know, and uh, these people would open up to me even, even back then I had this gift, people talked, you know, they always talked to me and um, they would say the same thing all the time. Like, I wish I did, you know, something different. I'm stuck in this job. And then I got married, I have kids, I have all this responsibility now, I would do things so differently. And, you know, this was going on multiple, multiple times as I talked to these people. And I'm like, geez, you know, I need to th really think about what's going on here because I wasn't sure if like, I think I'd be all right in sales, but I didn't think I'd be like, you know, this is what you want to do for 30 years, dude. Because no one really explains that to you. No. How my students. When you start working, it's the longest phase of your life, right? So if yes. you don't enjoy doing what you do, you're going to be miserable for a long phase of your life. You know, and no one ever really told me that back, uh, and certainly not in high school. I had to figure this out on my own. So anyway, I went home that day, uh, one of those days after hearing this pep talk about how these people would do things differently. And I wrote down, a, I made a list of things that I enjoyed uh, growing up as a kid and a lot of it revolved around working with kids, whether it was coaching or, you know, uh, working at camps and stuff. And then I, I thought about fields, you know, certain fields that I can do. And certainly phys ed was one of them. 
So literally like during my sales job, I'm visiting the campuses of like Kane, Willie P, Montclair State, talking to the people in charge of phys ed departments, uh, what it would take for me to go back to be a teacher. I didn't have to take a lot of education courses. So it'd be two and a half years, uh, two years of the classes and then that half year of student teaching. And um, I remember calling up my parents and saying, uh, I'm gonna swing by for dinner, I got some news for you. you know? And uh, I swing by and uh, my mom was a teacher for 30 years in Parsippany. I always, always thought I should have been a teacher. Uh, and uh, we're eating dinner and I said, you know, uh, I'm going back to school to, to be a phys ed teacher. And the first thing <laughs> that my dad says was, why the hell did I just spend all that money at four and a half years for you to be at Rowan, you know? And uh, my mom gets up, of course, she's excited. She gives me a hug. And um, as they say, the, the rest is history. I had to move back home, you know, live back in my house, leave my friends and start this whole new career. And I was commuting every day down Route 80 to 46. And every day I said, you know, it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. And uh, while I was taking these classes, I was a you know, 25-year-old hanging out with 18-year-olds that didn't know what they were doing. You know, I was highly motivated. It was the first time in my life I really knew what I wanted to do. And um, that's when I started coaching, you know. So I was coaching actually football in Parsippany and subbing in Parsippany, which is where I went to school, Par Hills. And um, that's where I was coaching football. And then I was the head swim team coach for park swimming and subbing in that district and hoping eventually that there was going to be an opening in one of those once I was done. I ended up doing my student teaching at Whitney Park. And lo and behold, there was a, a teacher travel position when I first started. The guy was leaving and uh, I walked into that, that position man, and it was just the best feeling in the world. You know? But it was the first time in my life, Fox, where I was motivated as a student. Um, I got a 3.5 GPA, you know, because I was always labeled average growing up and I believed it. You know? Um, I just accepted it. Yeah. Label, back, right? You know, looking back on things, I, the person I am now would have said, nah, I'm better than that, you know? But that person back in the day was just, I, that's why I'm, when I say I was going through the motions in life, that's what I was doing, you know, because I didn't know any better. So that's my teaching story, dude. That's the kind of stuff that you can't find on Google, right? That's right. And you 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 work for a for a printing company, but it seemed to be more than that. You, it was like a mirror, right? These yeah. people are talking to you about, man, I, I wish I, I chose a different path, and that was like them telling you, hey, "There's a fork in the road. You need to yeah. you need to take this route," which yeah. you did, and then exactly. you end up uh, uh, coaching at two different schools. Right. Yep. And then uh, playing the game, playing the game, you know? playing the game, and and, yeah. and sticking uh, uh, to where you are now, and you've been there. If we're counting, this would be twenty-four years at Whippany Park High School. Correct. Un unbelievable. unbelievable. And it goes by quick, man. And it's it's hard to believe, but uh, I enjoy going to work. And um, like that's the old saying. Right. If you love what you do, then you don't work a day in your life, dude. And, mm -hmm. and I, I honestly, Fox, and I think you would agree with me. Uh, I, that's how I feel, man. And, yeah. you know, I enjoy hanging out with my colleagues, the kids like 24 years has just flown by for me.
if anybody watches what what Brad does every day, I mean, I pull in and your your truck's backed in, right <laughs> to, to your spot. You walk in, and you're you're setting something up in the gym. Yeah. Um, he, he's the one that that always makes me laugh when I walk into the gym. That's one of the reasons why I, I park where I park so I can walk in the gym. And <laughs> I the first thing I do every day is laugh. Literally, I'll, I will stand in the, in the gym, you all, until until Brad does something to, to make me laugh, whether it's, you know, dancing to the song that's playing or make some kind of comment about what I'm wearing. Uh, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. And it's just, it's been that way since I've been there since, since 2005, I tell my students, look for a job you'd want if you didn't need a job and you are the personification of that. There's no question. No question. Yeah. I get a, I get a lot of good feedback from my students, especially when they're seniors. Mm-hmm. And, um, they'll say they remember that speech that I told them and when they're talking about majors and stuff. And I said, you know, find something that, um, you know, you want to, you can see yourself doing, you know, that you're passionate for, you know, don't just think about making money. Cause it was never about just making money. You know, uh, it was about making a difference in, in kids' lives. That's what really drove me. And I, I'll tell you what, when we went through, the uh, pandemic and that school shut down in March and we weren't in school the rest of the year. And I sat home, you know, locked down and uh, it, I do did a lot of self-reflecting and I, and I, and you know, I, I did a lot of self-reflecting on, on, on life and I really missed teaching, man. I missed my colleagues and I missed my students every day. And I realized just how much I loved my job, you know, and that summer, last summer going into this year, is when, and you can attest to this, is, is I wrote down all those ideas about what I can do because I knew that there was going to be some remoteness to, to you know, this. Life. 100%. And I said, what can I do to make this the best situation for my students? Um, and I made it a goal to, um, to be there for them no matter what, you know, remote or in school and get to know my kids. And just because I missed it so much, you know, that interaction. Um, that really what drives me is just that that relationship that you build with your kids you know yeah, it's not a, just a job for you you're in with both feet it is a lifestyle yes it's a lifestyle and it's reflected in the way that you connect with your students and and just to, to brag on you a little bit the 2021 Whippany Park High School teacher of the year Brad Callahan and it, it was well earned and well deserved just because of the way that you 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 approach your job and how you're in with both feet Kudos to you. Kudos to you. And the other thing about, about Brad, you know, we're not going to, this is only, this is audio only. Um, he's a, a, a Benjamin Button case. Take very good care of yourself. Uh, uh, you, uh, you seem to get younger every year. <laughs> I love when you say that. It's, it's just ridiculous. I, you know, I walk in every day and, and, and you'll make me laugh. And then I look at you and I, I, I kind of um, say something under my breath. I look at myself and then I look at you and I think, geez, Fox, you might want to make a little investment that he's making. You know, maybe you want to do that. But um, uh, yes, if anybody, uh, you'll, you'll see, you'll see in the, the, the photo, the, the boyish look of Mr. Brad, Brad Callahan. Brad, you've past 20 years, you've, you've coached a ton of sports and I'm going to name them and I'm probably going to miss one, but let's go down the line. We've got track. We've got football. Yep. We've got swimming, 
we got field hockey, we got softball. What else? Soccer. Soccer. You did soccer. I did not know that. I did freshman soccer for for uh, one year with uh, Coach Wilson. Sorry about it. And Devika was the JV boys soccer coach at the time, and they needed a freshman coach, and I did it for one year. And don't forget winter track too. I was head winter track coach. Yeah, I mean, when I when I when I say when I say track, I'm... yeah, they, people always say that. Yeah, they always group it. Sorry, I'm I'm a oh, novice at that. So both <laughs> winter and spring track. So yeah. a plethora of delight in terms of coaching positions at Whippany Park, both as as a head and assistant. You've enjoyed great success, all right, as assistant and head, due to your impact on your athletes as, as people. To me, your, your players, in my view, are selfless, they're competitive, and often they seem to play in the absence of anxiety. Everyone has a philosophy. What is your coaching philosophy? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And here's the funny part, Fox. I was 27 when I started teaching, um, which means I was like 26 when I started coaching. And right off the bat, I knew, um, I knew I needed a philosophy and I, and I got one and I, I've used it in every sport I've coached and I've shared it with a couple other coaches uh, along the way because including me, yeah, it's a three-step thing, right? So um, number one, when it comes to coach Cal's teams is, is coming together as a family. Cause if, if we don't do that right off the bat, if you don't gel and, and become tight with your teammates, not, nothing else really matters after that point because not, you know, nothing's going to really ever be special if you don't get that bond that you're looking for. So that was always number one on my list of, of what to do with my philosophy of coaching. So it was become together as a, as a family. Number two was come to practice with a sense of purpose every day. Right. So don't go through the motions. It's one of the things you'll hear me talk about, whether it's through the motions of life or, but every day, take advantage of practice. How are you going to get better every day? Right. And it could be just being a leader that day. It could be being there for a, a person who's not having a good practice. It could be, this is the aspect of that I'm working on uh, specifically in my sport. I know it, it could, there can be so many different things about how you can get better every day uh, and take advantage of that, that time frame you have, because I, nothing bothers me more as a coach than kids taking things for granted, you know, um, and, and has this pandemic taught us anything? It's, it's how things can be taken away in a heartbeat, right? Uh, certainly injuries, certainly injuries can be taken away in a heartbeat. So if, and if that, and this is why I say that, if that does happen, at least you went out knowing, right, that you did everything you possibly could to be the best that you possibly can, you know, um, and then the third, which is always, and you know me being around me, is have fun, right? So there's your three steps of my coaching philosophy that I've incorporated in any sport, whether it was football, swimming, track. It, that has been my three, one, two, three-step philosophy, and it's worked. And, and I look back on it now, and I'm thinking, you know, I was pretty good to think of when I was just starting out, you know, without much experience. And it's stuck. It's it, it stuck. It's, it's your anchor. And if we had any advice, um, the advice that I have as a coach is have a system and have a philosophy and ad ad adhere to two, three, or, or 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 four things. And yet you nailed it. I had it. You sent it to me a couple of years ago, and I had it written down right here. And you just rattled it off. Right, <laughs> and and I, I need to end it by saying. Um, 
when you do steps one, two, and three, the winning and losing will always take care of itself. You know what I mean? So you notice right off the bat is, is nothing about wins or losses. It was about those three things. And if you do those three things, winning and losing is always going to take care of itself, you know, because you're going to run some into coaches that are, outcome will take that are care all of about, yeah. Some coaches are all about winning, dude, and at all costs. But that's not how you build a program, and that's not how you get the best out of your kids. You know? Who are your biggest influences uh, as a coach? You know, it's funny because um, that's a really good question because I've had my share of some good coaches and some ones that I felt like didn't get the best out of me. Um, but I think the first experience I had with a positive uh, coach was growing up. I grew up in uh, Persephone at this little pool called Glacier Hills. It's a small community and everything was about this pool in the summertime. So that's where I learned to swim, you know, cause that's what everyone did in the summer. Everyone hung out at the pool and uh, that's where you made your friends. And uh, so we had this one coach, her name was Kathy Smith. And um, I learned at a young age, just how much I wanted to uh, please this coach and swim well and practice because she was just this, this positive person in my life that just got the best out of me, even at a young age. Like I realized that, and coaches are pretty powerful, you know, and uh, she, with my self-esteem, you know, like I was a, uh, wasn't so sure about my, myself swimming wise, and she just brought the best out of me. And it was my first time really like connecting with a coach, you know, and being like, that's cool, man. Like, I want that kind of relationship, you know, with that. When I get older with athletes that, that, that feel good vibe that you can get, um, when you're doing things the right way. And in, in my view, that's, that's how uh, you, your athletes look at you. So the, the table years later, the, the table has turned. I think uh, uh, coach Smith would be proud. She um, it's funny. We keep in touch on Facebook and oh, cool. um, yeah, all along. She's um, always said that she thought I'd do something special, that I was a special person which makes you feel awesome because I was, like I said, I was like probably 10 when I first met her. Um, and um, she was there through the coaches of the years and the teams of the years. And then the teacher of the, of the year this year. And she'd always, you know, we'd always end up talking a little bit back and forth and be like, I miss you. Cause she's way out in like Midwest, Michigan. I haven't seen her in a long time, probably about 25 years, you know? but I always remember her. I always remember. Super cool. Super cool. Let's, let's uh, switch gears a little bit to the, right. to the classroom. All right. Fill in this sentence, Brad. The classroom is what? For me, my classroom is, is always about a safe environment. Yeah. It, it always will be. And, and, and again, it's because of, negative experiences when, when I was younger with certain teachers, you know, the worst case for me was second grade. I had a, a teacher who um, embarrassed and would embarrass you if you didn't answer the question right. So uh, I remember going to the doctors with my mom because I wasn't eating a lot. And uh, I passed like pretty much everything. And I remember the doctor telling my mom to leave the room. See, my mom taught in school. So it was always, it was, it was a difficult situation now that I look back on it for her to be in also. 
um, and the doctor, I remember talking to me about how school was going and I, how much I didn't like it. And um, turns out it was, you know, because of this teacher, dude. And, and the worst thing that she taught me, um, which I think led to me taking so long to be a teacher was uh, I was very quiet after that. I didn't talk much in class because I was afraid to. So um, I never asked questions. And I was like that all the way through high school, even in the college. I just, uh, it left a scar on me. So um, I, when I went back to be a teacher, I really kind of had to face my fears of being vocal, you know, to overcome that part of it. And um, sometimes you got to do that, dude, to get to where you want to be in life, you know. You can't be in your comfort zones, right? Uh, and There's that, no growth me, that was, in the comfort zone. Yeah, that was a big challenge for me. Man. What do you so I always said the point being is that uh, if I ever did become a teacher, because I had a really bad teacher in, uh, at Rowan, too, who would tell you to this history teacher, I hated going to this class because you had to read. And then uh, and which I did, I read all the assignments and then he would walk up and down the, the class and call you out and embarrass you if you didn't know it. But the pressure of right, the anxiety of getting called on was too much for me. And, and, I struggled and I always remember saying, man, if I ever become a teacher, I just want my kids to be comfortable and feel safe in my class. You know, like it's sometimes it's just that simple uh, because of what I went through and how it changed me versus the, the teachers who brought out the best of me. You know? So, and then, you know, what was it about them? Well, it was the welcoming feel of that class. I never felt uh, the anxiety or, or the pressure of being in that classroom. So I kind of bring that, that's the vibe I like to bring with, with each of my classes. You can, you can learn a lot from people, even if it's what not to do, right? Yes. Straight exactly. up. Straight up. Exactly. Let's, let's go to 1998, your first year teaching. What advice would you give your former self? Oh, wow. I would say, um, this would probably be the best advice I'd give myself back then. Don't be afraid of technology. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Because it's common, baby. It's common and it's still common, you know? And it's one thing that uh, some of my uh, G-Cal or Mr. Feeney would be the first ones to tell you. Uh, I always go to them with my uh, technology issues because I'm just, you know, I'm better at it, but I'm not great at it. You're a digital migrant, as, as you would say. As a, as a cat walks across the camera. Like I told you, what did I tell you earlier? <laughs> thing that comes down and bother me positively is a cat. And she's right on cue. It's like a Zoom aquarium here. That's cool. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, digital, digital migrant. I mean, uh, um, at first, I think I, I was like that, but like you, I've, I've, uh, I've embraced it. Hey, it's it's time for a game we call "What, Which, and Where" on the podcast. So I, you know, knowing you for for 15, 17 years now, I know uh, a bit of your likes, dislikes, and your influences. I'm going to uh, read a line from a song or from somebody that I think might have had an impact on you from near or far, and you tell us from where it came. Are you ready? I think so. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. 
in the, the first one in what, which, and where. You never let down. You say you do it for fun. Never miss a play, though you make quite a few. You give it all away. Dot, dot, dot. It's from a, it's from a song, uh, uh, early 80s. In the video, the, the, the lead singer is wearing very high white, like knee socks. <laughs> and if I gave you the next line, it's the title of the song. So I was thinking you were going to do a Bruce thing right off the bat. So I was. I was and I, and you know, Brad's a huge Bruce Springsteen fan. So if yeah. you know he's included in anything here, you're just going to nail it. So uh, uh, big ups to the boss in the podcast here. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to. Um, I don't want to miss out on that, but it, 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 it's not uh, not Bruce here. I'm going to read it again. You never yeah. let you never let down. You say you do it for fun. Never miss a play, though you make quite a few. You give it all away. Dot dot dot. Everybody, man, I don't know. Everybody wants you. Oh, Billy Squire, that's your boy, dude. I should have known. Well, you know, you, you are a PE student of the month, and when you when you do, we come over the intercom. You always play a song, and you played you played this song. Um, yeah. Everybody wants you once, and I, I I lost it first period. My students got nothing out of the class that day because I was just so wired over the song. I should have known that, that you you were the only person who ever recommended Squire, you know, and I, and I I like Squire. Yeah, and you're a, you're a 70s and 80s kid. Talk yeah. to us about your your Billy first Squire, man. your first in, in, encounter with any kind of uh, with, with Billy Squire's catalog. You recall? Billy Squire for me brings me back to uh, middle school wrestling. Oh, yeah. It you was had another sport. Yeah, it was like one of the songs that was playing when you're running out in the mats. That and like Foreigner. It was, oh, they man. were big. They were big back then too, uh, when, when I was in middle school wrestling. Yeah, feels like the first time. Yeah, that was Squire. Yep. You know, Billy Squire. All right, Let, let's go to the next one on what, which, and where. Okay, Rebel's been Rebel since I don't know when. All she wants to do is blank, blank, blank. All she wants to do is dance. You bet. From the <laughs> what's the band? Uh, she wants to do. I don't. I might not know that. That's an '80s one, dude. Well, yeah, it's it is it is it is. So, man, I, it, it's I'm I'm saying Eagles, but I hear more Don Henley in that. But it, it it is from the Eagles. All she wants to do is dance. I think it's I think it's Don Henley. Let's. Well, I was uh, gonna say I think it's Don Henley. This is it just straight up Don Henley from his, his solo project post yeah. Eagles during the the respite between. Uh, 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 you know, after they broke up and came back in, in 94. All right. Let, let's go to your sports influences and what, which and where. This is a quote from somebody you hold uh, near and dear to your heart. There are only two places in this league, first place and no place. <laughs> That's a great quote. It is, it is, it is. Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer. Mets Hall of Famer. That's a Mets, isn't it? Yes, it is. Mets Hall of Famer. Is that Tom Seaver? Indeed. Pitch at the University of Southern California and principally for the Mets in the big leagues. Rest in peace, Tom Seaver. Yeah. So 
Um, you know, growing up, did you ever see him pitch in person? I did not. Actually, the funny part is, is uh, when I was young, I was actually a Yankees fan. So it was like the Reggie Jacksons and the Greg Nettles and the Lou Pinellas and the Willie Randolphs, you know. Uh, I had all their cards. And um, when I went into uh, freshman year high school, 86, people said I looked like Gary Carter. Yes. <laughs> With the curly hair and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. So, yeah. So, uh, and I was like, yeah, I never really thought about that, you know? And then uh, I became a Mets fan ever since, 86, man. That makes total sense. I mean, you know, he's nicknamed the kid, right? Because yeah. uh, I mean, that's just kind of how he played. And that's kind of just how you look. You're, you, you defy time. You are the kid. Gary Carter. And the funny part is, is my friends uh, growing up, they called me Braddy Kid, you know? Okay. Braddy Kid. Yeah. That's old school. If you hear someone call me that, that's old school Glacier Hills right there. Old school Glacier Hills from the year of our Lord, 1986. Another cool nickname from, from Gary Carter. He loved the camera. So Tim Raines, Andre Dawson would call him Lights. He loved the camera. I love that nickname. Light Lights. <laughs> Lights. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Good stuff. Hey, uh, bottom half, uh, last couple questions. Thinking about your career as a teacher and a coach, do you have a fail forward moment? Something that may have happened to you as a teacher that thought you thought that would would set you back, but looking back, it was one of the best things that ever happened to you. A fail forward moment. Absolutely. And I don't want to get into names because I'm not about that. But my when I first started teaching, um, I was a traveler, so I only taught one class at Whippany. And I was HP the rest of the the rest of the day. Um, I did not get along well with the football coach down there at the time. And um, it was my first year teaching. He was my mentor, and uh, things weren't good. Um, I was doubting whether I wanted to continue coaching football. Uh, just wasn't in, having fun with it, like you know, because you know, you know, my philosophy, like that, you should sure. enjoy parts of it. It was too much of a pressure and a job. And uh, I was thinking about not doing it. And he caught wind of it. And um, he actually embarrassed me in front of a class when I traveled back down there. Uh, It wasn't good. And it just was, uh, I was like kicked out of his office. I sat in, 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 in this empty room by myself the rest of the school year. And a lot of things run through your mind, you know, uh, as a new teacher. Last day of school, I get called down to superintendent. He tells me, uh, we're moving you up to Whippany. We're bringing down someone else uh, to coach football here. And uh, that was ultimately what led me to where I am now, you know. So it was, at the time, uh, one of the worst things I went through but what a positive it turned out to be, you know? So I just went to whip and I just did what I did, you know, and um, the rest is history. But anchor, anchor down for the last 20, 24 years. Yeah. Had things changed. I would be at HP still. Like if, how weird is that? I mean, I might not even know you so well. Which might be a good thing. I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, yeah. Anchor down, anchor down and again, again, you know, you can learn from people, even if it's what, what, what not to do. Yes, that was a negative. 
that was definitely a, a negative. And I remember saying to myself, even back then, I was pretty strong. That was a strong Brad back then, uh, the one that was highly motivated and knew what he wanted to do. So even getting pounded like that, I was just like, you know what? This is probably going to be the worst year I ever have in my teaching career. So what, you know what I mean? Like everything else is going to be great after this. That was my mentality, right? Uh, which I have to pat myself on the back back in the day. That was pretty good. So I just went up to Whippany and forgot about it. And, and there you've stayed for, for 20, 20 plus years. Yeah. Hey, we know all heroes don't wear a cape, but if you had the opportunity to take a one hour car ride with, a with one of the following three people, who would it be and why? Right. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to leave Bruce out of this because if I mention his name, you're, you're going to ride with him. Okay. I might. I would probably choose him. Go ahead. But again, if you had the opportunity to, to take a one hour car ride with one of the following three people, who would it be and why? Would it be Barry Gibb? Would it be Bill Parcells? Or would it be Daryl Strawberry? Ooh, interesting. I'd have to say Bill Parcells. Why so? Um, for a couple of reasons. Number one, I would talk to him about Mike Murphy, my man Murph, uh, who he Parcells was the one who found Murph in Manasquan and asked him to be his personal bodyguard. Did not and know that. I would talk about that whole aspect, but then just how my dad uh, growing up had season tickets to the Giants and how I was there to watch, uh, you know, those teams, you know, win playoff games and just the whole bond of being a Giants fan at that time and the tailgates and looking back on it now, how special those those times were and just let him know as from a, a kid growing up watching his teams, how much I appreciate that now more so than I did at that time, you know, and and he should know that. So that's kind of how my conversation would go. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. Last question. Uh, what advice do you have for those who feel like they have hit rock bottom? <laughs> well, sometimes you need to hit rock bottom in order to move up you know, in life. And uh, there are numerous times in, in my life, and I shared a couple of them with you today where I felt like I was, you know, rock bottom. And then, uh, the good news about being at rock bottom, there's only one way to go up, you know, one way to go and, and and it's up, dude. So sometimes it's, you're better off hitting it once in a while because you'll, not only will you overcome, but you'll look back on and appreciate more of what you have, you know? So like rock bottom for a lot of us was the, the pandemic, right? Can we say that during lockdown? I mean, that was bad, dude. Yes. And, and there's so many of my students this year who, through our journals that we did weekly journals that would say that they wouldn't exchange going through what they did because they came out a better person, you know, and that's, that's the way you got to look at it. hundred percent. And I think if listeners listen back, uh, they'll, they'll understand, uh, they'll get some advice on uh, what you learn when you're at rock bottom. Yeah, exactly. hundred percent. Brad, this has been a blast. Thank you so much for being on. Hey, I got a, I got something special for you, buddy. Oh wow! Um, I was thinking about sharing a uh, one of my original songs with you, if you don't mind. Oh, we've got a performance. You know, I had asked, I had asked earlier in a text for the <laughs> listeners, and, and 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 in the text, 
Brad seemed very, very cold to it. So I didn't push, <laughs> but he's, he's pulled out his ax right here. And he's, you know, we didn't re really reflect on this too much. And, and um, you know, my early years at Whippany Park as a teacher, I, I knew that, 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 that Brad had a lot of musical talent and I saw him perform at, a, at an event that we used to have called Coffee House. Yeah, I was really impressed. So I, I'm, I'm gonna leave Brad to it. He's, he's pulled out his guitar, his ax, and he's gonna introduce what he's going to do. <laughs> well, of course there's a story behind everything. So there's certainly a story behind uh, me and my music and getting a guitar. So when I came back from college, I was living home and I, I had a girlfriend that was still back in, in college and it was very hard trying to move on in life and try to find a job and uh, getting through, uh, getting over this, this relationship because she is back in college having fun still and I'm home by myself, you know, and it was hard to, to get over this particular uh, female and um, it was one of those things every night she was the last thing you thought about you wake up she's the first thing you thought about and I struggled for a while with it and I remember one day just waking up and I was just tired of feeling that way and uh, I said you know what I'm gonna go out and buy a guitar today and I'm gonna start teaching myself some chords so I did and um, this is back in 1995 and I bought a a chord book you know this is before youtube can teach you all this stuff you know this is old school just sitting in your room by yourself and um, strumming away on on this thing trying to learn chord changes and uh, i'm writing down um, what i've been feeling with stuff and it really became like a therapy for me more more so than anything which was one of the reasons why um my music was so personal to me. I, I wasn't necessarily ready to to share it with the world, but you know, somewhere in between those those chords and and the lyrics, I I found myself. You know, and it, it was it was weird. Um, so I did write some of these songs. This is a I think this is a 1996 song, dude. It's called uh, "Give Me a Reason," and it's about. The things I write about were relationships. I was pretty good at relationship songs because of what I went through. So this one's about uh, liking someone <clears throat> who's in a different relationship with someone else. And you know that they like you back, but, you know, are they willing to, to risk you know, everything? So it's called Give Me a Reason. Uh, can you hear it get decent? Yes. Yes. see him it's what you tell everyone know you're with him and you're having fun please don't tell me i don't want to know i'm only human and i can tell the show tell the show Know you feel me when you lie here. Know you see me when your eyes are clear. 
believing Are you just too scared? What are you thinking When you sit and stare Sit and stare Give me a reason In our way Give me a reason Give me a reason, Brad Callahan from 1996. Brad, that's a perfect cap to this to this interview, this chat, this podcast. Thank you for your wisdom, perspective, and your talents. Foxy, I appreciate everything, man. It's been great hanging out with you, and I appreciate the platform, man. Hopefully, some people uh, get something out of it. Surely they will, and they're, they're, there's just too much here for, for them not to. Thanks, buddy. You got it. That will wrap up episode 61 of the What's Your Inspiration podcast. Brad and I will talk to you all later. Take good care. You have been listening to the What's Your Inspiration podcast with Fox Buyer. Because impact on each other is the greatest currency you could ever have.